What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of College Hockey Talk. I'm your host, Matthew, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. UMass Weekend is finally here, and I'm excited to do a crossover episode with College Hockey Talk and the UConn Hockey Podcast, as we have a very special guest joining us today, as the UMass Reindeer will be joining this podcast. I'm very excited for this episode um, to get started. In this interview, we talk about many things, including um, Quinn's kind of association with UMass and how he got involved with UMass Athletics and just how the whole reindeer shtick kind of got started. We also talk about the national championship run that UMass had last year. And, of course, we preview this upcoming Hockey East matchup between UConn and UMass. It was a great episode. and It was great talking to Quinn as well, and I was very excited to get the episode started. However, before we get to today's episode, I'd just like to ask if you can please follow our social media accounts whether it's on Instagram or Twitter, at College Hockey Talk. And when you follow these accounts, especially this weekend, you'll be getting a fan experience of UMass Weekend. I'm very excited to bring it to you as I'll be going to both UConn on Friday and then UMass on Saturday. So I'm very excited to kind of show what it's like um, from a fan perspective at this weekend's series. It should be a lot of fun. So make sure you follow our social media accounts for that, but also for podcast updates for other cool college hockey stuff as well. I highly recommend it. Also, subscribe to our Apple Podcast page and leave a rating and review and follow us on Spotify as well. Doing these things helps the podcast grow, helps new people find us. Now, I truly appreciate it if you did those things. It means a lot. Now, this is also going to be broadcasted on the UConn Hockey Podcast. And if you're a fan of UConn Hockey, I highly recommend you follow that podcast on Twitter and Instagram at the UConn Hockey Pod, where I do updates on the team and just give you my thoughts and opinions on the team as well. So very exciting especially since UConn is doing very well this year for both the men's and women's side. So I highly recommend you check out that podcast if you're a big UConn hockey fan. And you can check out the other episodes for that podcast at the Connecticut Hockey Podcast, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or Spotify as well, where you can listen to some of our older episodes from that podcast. Now, without further ado, here's today's episode with Quinn. I hope you guys enjoy it. And go UConn. And I know if Quinn was here, he would be saying go UMass. It's going to be a really exciting weekend. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, I'm joined by a very special guest. He is probably the biggest UMass hockey fan that I know of, and that's why I thought it was a great time to bring him on. The UMass Reindeer joins College Hockey Talk. There is a reindeer sighting on the podcast currently, also known as Quinn. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. How's everything going? Just introduce yourself for the people that might not know who you are. Uh, yeah, I'm a huge UMass hockey fan, UMass sports fan in general, but um, I go to every game dressed as a reindeer. Um, so that's kind of my shtick. And uh, I've been rooting for the team for three years now since I, I'm a junior at UMass. Um, yeah, that's about it. Awesome. <laughs> well, before we get the interview started, I do want to shout someone out. My friend Brad Slavepack, he goes to Syracuse. He's the one who set me up with this interview and told me a lot all about UMass Reindeer. So I wanted to give him a quick shout out. The guy's awesome and he's an absolute beast. So shout out to all the boys back home, Jack, Jerry, Hanky, all the guys. Um, just want to give him a quick shout out. I don't know if there's any shout outs you want to give before we start the interview. Uh, I'd probably say I shout out everyone on UMass Twitter. I, I probably uh, am not a um i'm not as big of a fan if it wasn't for the community that uh umass sports fans have on there so um i always shout out umass twitter it's a great uh it's one of one of the greatest parts of twitter is that, that little niche of umass fans oh yeah no there's a uconn twitter too i feel like every hockey oh, yeah. team has like their own twitter thing but i have seen the umass twitter 
the high character podcast guys seem awesome. Those are the only two ones I've seen besides you on my feed. The, yeah, they're great. Um, the, I, I just did their podcast uh, I think awesome. last week. So, um, awesome. but they, they're, they're great. They're doing a good job. And then um, I Curry Sage, like the other the other big guy, but he's more basketball focused. Yeah, and then Eli Slovin as well. I forgot to give him a shout out. The dude, of the best director vibes. of vibes, director of vibes, vibes, Eli Slovin. So, um, awesome. Well, before I guess, what do you? I guess I'll kind of want to start off with you for a little bit. Then we talk about UMass weekend, as I like to call it. But um, so, how did the whole reindeer stick kind of start, and how did you become like a big UMass sports fan? Yeah, so it's a great question because like if you're if you're on the outside of uh, UMass sports fandom, you're kind of like, oh, reindeers and UMass seem to have absolutely nothing in common, which is definitely true. Um, so my freshman year, I came into UMass. Um, I wasn't really the biggest. Uh, I wasn't a big UMass sports fan before college. Um, I didn't really know anything about the program. I had known they, I. I I was the year after Camel Car, so um, it kind of hockey had just become like a big thing at UMass, and I didn't know a lot about it, so um, I decided to go to the first game. I think it was uh, Union, and I instantly fell in love with the atmosphere. I mean, I, and it was like a small game too, because it was like the first of the year, and I'm not really playing a good team, but it was just so much fun. It was a blast, and um, I fell in love with the sport, and I decided I'm not missing a game, and then how. The reindeer gets involved in that is uh, I needed a Halloween costume my freshman year. And um, my mother, who uh, went out and was like, uh, I, I'm, I call her up. I'm like, uh, I don't have a Halloween costume. Do you have uh, my Chewbacca costume at home? So I was like, I'll wear the Chewbacca costume. And uh, she was she uh, was like, oh, no, I can't find it. Um, and then she went out on her own and went to Goodwill and picked up three costumes one of which was a uh, reindeer costume that was two sizes too small on me. Uh, it's like a sweatshirt. <laughs> and then um, I ended up wearing it before Halloween because I thought it was like a costume out game. It wasn't. I was the only one there in anything, and it was pretty funny. And then UMass ended up winning the game. So uh, I'm a little superstitious, so I wore it the next game, and then I just kept wearing it and spiraled into this whole massive thing. <laughs> and then the next year they won the national championship, so I guess it's been working out pretty well for you. It's been working out great. I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm I, – I went to Pittsburgh for the national championship, so I don't think I'm there without that, that costume. <laughs> now talk a little bit about, like, your fandom a little bit, or I guess your fame as well. Like, how did that kind of grow um, from the first game at Union till now? Because I feel like you're very recognized at games. I've heard you – I was listening to that podcast um, – the high character one you said people ask for your photo all the time so how did the fame uh, kind of start from it yeah i like to i like to describe myself as a niche internet micro celebrity <laughs> um so i i would say it started like uh, i started to get recognized at games like early on when i kept wearing it um but like i think once it really like really took off is when i made a twitter account um and i really just made it for like a couple of my friends as a joke and then um i started to get like started to have fun with it and started interacting with everyone on UMass Twitter. And then it kind of spiraled into this whole thing where I live tweet games, stuff like that. And uh, just like talk about sports at UMass in general. And I kind of expanded my UMass fandom for not just hockey, but just UMass athletics in general, um, which definitely made me more of a, a campus presence. And I think a lot of students, like if you ever go to a hockey game, you go, you uh, always see the reindeer at there, which is pretty cool. And then um, I think this year is when people were like, oh, can I 
grab a picture, which is very surreal because I never in my wildest dreams would imagine that. <laughs> yeah. My favorite like tweet from yours was when you like met Marcus Smart. And then after the guy took a photo with Marcus Smart, he asked for your photo as well. That must've been pretty cool. That was wild. It was, it was like, a, I think it was like an 11 year old kid probably from the Amherst area and he's with his family and he, he gets a picture of Marcus Smart and then he walks right over to where the uh, student section is and he gets a picture with me right after, yeah. which is just, just wild. <laughs> yeah. No, obviously UMass is a hockey school in my opinion, but um, just yeah. talk about some of the other athletics there and um, just like what it's like um, just being kind of inversed in that culture as well. Yeah, I think the the lore of UMass is it always will be a sleeping giant in in sports, um, and I think that that was proven with Carvel and hockey. Um, and I think uh, there's this notion that it's a it's a, like a very basketball centric uh, part of the state because uh, basketball was created down the road in Springfield. Um, and uh, obviously, you have the '90s at UMass when can be here and stuff like that. Um, and that really um, put UMass on the map nationally in terms of sports. Um, so there is that notion of UMass basketball being huge. Um, but I mean, UMass sports, I think, are in general on the rise. Uh, it's definitely fun to see um, football make go out and make a big hire in Don Brown. And that, that seems to be going well so far, fingers crossed. And uh, I mean, hopefully basketball rebounds from a bad season this year. But uh, I think the culture here at UMass is definitely like uh, it's a tried and true fandom that has been through hell and back. Um, They've just had to deal with a a lot of crap over the years. And uh, it feels good to finally have some teams that are uh, seem to be on the right track. So it's really nice. Yeah, it was awesome, like the Cal McCarr year, for example, because BC and BU were kind of the top dogs in hockey, East and they were constantly winning. So it was super nice to see kind of like a new team in the mix and um, for also just to see them kind of have the success that they did have. Um, so it was nice to just see some new teams um, involved, and I think it kind of motivated other teams in hockey East to try to step up their game a little bit in the conference. I don't know if you noticed that as well. Yeah, I definitely have. I mean, if you just look at the the top teams this year, I mean, BU's having a, a resurgence in the second half. I think they're there might be the second best team in hockey's, but um, it's BC's near the bottom, um, and oh, I think Lowell, Providence, Northeastern. Um, there's no like clear front runner in the hockey's this year, um, which which I love. I, I love that it's like every weekend you have to grind for those wins. Um, it's, it makes for a makes for a fun conference, makes for um, a fun time, and I mean. UConn has come out of nowhere too. So, uh, so that we'll makes, a, about makes that. a good, good series this weekend. <laughs> yeah. And obviously I just saw the game again. I was at BC last weekend and man, they are, they are really struggling. You just, you don't like to see that. Unfortunately, if you're, um, if you're just a hockey's fan in general, but, um, well, well, I, I may like to see that. <laughs> well, you, you know, I know some people don't like to see it, but I was very happy. It was, it was crazy. Um, just that, that, that's a nice stadium, by the way, BC, but. Um, Conte, yeah. Yeah, I had a good time there, but um, no, it was kind of crazy to see like how far they've fallen uh, from hockey oh, yeah. this year, especially without their three best players. It's just, I don't know when their next win's going to come, to be honest with you. I feel like it might come against that UMass series in March when they're back. I hope not. <laughs> that would be a bad one. Um, but I mean, the, the BC rivalry is, I think, definitely like uh, it's definitely grown over the past couple of years in in every sport in general. I think uh, BC kind of looked at us at, at UMass and it really every team in the state. As, oh, like, yeah. They're they're above us. And like mm-hmm. uh, we're we're an ACC school and we're so much better than everyone in the state. And now it's like 
getting put back in their place yep. with being like eighth in the hockey yeah. east and awesome. basketball team struggling. So yeah, it's it's nice. I, I do like BC. Uh, again, their butt kicked this year, but um, I I I know they'll be back because it's oh yeah they will again. Johnny Leonard's uh, younger brother too. I heard. Oh man, <laughs> oh man, I don't want to talk about it. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean John John Leonard. That's my favorite UMass player of all time. I, I, I was here for the Camelcar years, so um, I didn't see Camelcar play. I saw John Leonard play, and he – I mean, what a difference maker every time he's on the ice and every time he got the puck. Um, he could score from anywhere, um, and he, he was special. And, man, that 2019-2020 that team for UMass could have, could have gone to another Frozen Four, which, um, which would have been wild. Oh, yeah, no, I've, that team was underrated because they had a lot of good players. I'm trying to think uh, – John Jay Leonard, Chafee, yeah. Nico Hildenbrand was another good player that I yeah. don't think got a lot of credit from that he deserved. But, yeah, no, that was a fun team to watch. And, yeah, I feel like they definitely would have made the Frozen Four. I don't know if they would have won it, but I definitely think they had the ability to make it because I remember watching them against UConn. That was the last, like, hockey game I saw before COVID happened. And John Leonard, I think, scored, like, two goals. He was, like, the best player on the ice. It was insane to watch. Oh, yeah. He, he, he was, he's a special player, and I, I hope he uh... – continues to improve on the sharks so yeah we'll talk about that freshman year uh, just while going to umass games like um talk about uh, i just guess like how you had how the love of umass hockey started and um just talk about your mem- best memories i guess from your freshman year watching that team um i think it's definitely uh the, the environment at uh, at umass is um in the fan section is awesome i mean the student section um when it's when it's packed is one of the best environments I've been through in any sporting event. Um, I think we have a lot of funny and unique chants. I think it's a it's a great vibe. Everyone's having a great time watching watching the game. And then um, whenever we score score a goal and the and the crowd goes crazy and chanting a goal song, I mean it's like college hockey is special in that regard where it's like there's so many traditions and so many unique things. Um, that I think that's how I kind of just was like, man, this is this just just feels different than um, any other sporting event I've been a part of. Oh yeah, it's awesome. I remember going to a UMass game uh, with McCarr against BC, and they scored with like two seconds left to win the game, and just the building was absolutely rocking. It was a super fun oh, yeah. environment to be in, and I'm a big Mullen Center guy myself. Like it's in my opinion, it's my favorite hockey East arena to visit. So um, I definitely I just like how it's I don't know, just it feels like there's not a bad spot. The environment's cool and. There's like so many seats where like you can sit anywhere and see the game from different perspectives. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, size matters. Oh yeah. <laughs> and UMass is Mullen Center is probably is the biggest uh, arena in hockey East. And I mean, it doesn't it it can sometimes look um, empty on like the TV, but like when you're in there, you're like, oh no, this is it's it's a packed house because there's it's a it can seat six thousand kids, and when there's 2,000 empty seats, yeah, it may look a little empty, but it's four, there's 4,000 people in there. Yeah. Uh, wasn't it a full house against Mankato to start for the opening night? I felt like uh, I opening that. Opening night, yeah, sold out. Um, I, it's Mullen Center sells out about like three or four times a year. I'd say I, I'd say it's it's we sold out for BU um, whiteout game um, with that, this, there were so many students there. That was a big student game. Um, and then I think it's going to sell out again for uh, BC. Because we always sell at the BC game because they're, they're a big rival. I'm surprised the UConn game might not get sold out because it's the long weekend. The long weekend is gonna is gonna stifle some. A lot of students are going home for the weekend or some stuff like that. So I think that's good. But I, I do think it's gonna be a great crowd still. 
because mm-hmm. um, that's that's a huge matchup, um, one that could side hockey. So um, I, I definitely think it'll be loud in there for sure. Now let's uh, kind of jump ahead and talk about the national championship year because I think that's probably the best year for most UMass hockey fans. Did you get were did UMass let kids go to school on campus or go in the dorm rooms? So I was curious, or did you have to watch all the games from like your house? Yeah, so um, I was so the spring semester. It was kind of weird. It was all online, but um, it was like COVID had had killed me. I was like, I need to get out of my house. So I um, UMass was offering dorms up for kids. And uh, I was like, all right, I'll take a dorm semester. Um, so it was in the dorms. It was really rough, uh, like, uh, especially when COVID cases got really high. Um, it was basically locked down. They were like, uh, go to the dining halls and that's it. That's all you're allowed to do. Um, getting tested twice a week. Um, it was pretty rough semester. One thing that got me through that was probably UMass hockey going on an absolute tear. Um, they didn't – I don't think they lost that spring semester when I was uh, – when when I was there, if I'm not mistaken, they went on a huge, huge winning streak. Um, people forgot how hot they were, I think, going into uh, into that uh, tournament run. But um, it was really fun on campus because I think the vibes were uh, – everyone was watching those games and everyone was excited about it, but no one could, like, watch them all together. Um, I remember the night of, uh, like, uh, the hockey's championship game because um, that was at Mullins. Um, no one was there, obviously, but um, I think the – the vibes on campus were definitely high because everyone was watching in a dorm room or with a couple of their buddies. Um, and it was really awesome. And then uh, NCAA tournament rolls around. Uh, they obviously win the regional. Those games are really exciting too. I'm watching those with a bunch of my friends. Uh, and uh, we end up going to the frozen four and obviously fans are allowed for those games. And I uh, don't think I'm going to be able to go because it's expensive and I'm, still a college student on a college student budget uh but love luckily the the great community on umass twitter was like we got to get this kid at the game um they raised uh over fifteen hundred dollars for me and uh four of my friends to to go to pittsburgh and uh to go to those games i mean i mean just what a way to like to have like a global pandemic and to be so down and to never see anyone um I mean, what a way to just like get your vibes up, get your mood up, than to watch your favorite favorite team who you've been supporting die hard for the past uh, two years win it all uh, for the first time ever. It was uh, it was a weekend I'll never forget. Um, and just celebrating with the team afterwards, it was so much fun, and I'm eternally grateful for it. Uh, it's it's gonna be. I mean, I'm gonna tell my grandkids about it. It, it was just an amazing, 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 amazing week. That's awesome. Yeah, shout out to the UMass Twitter for giving you that opportunity. That's really cool. How was Pittsburgh? Um, it's a city that like most people like won't go on for a vacation, but I mean, like, yeah, I, nice. I think it's a, a it's an extremely underrated uh, city. It's like I, I remember being like, oh, Pittsburgh. Like I probably will stay in my hotel the whole time and not really go out. Um, but there's there's a lot of cool stuff to do there. Um, the Duquesne Incline and where you go when you go up of it and uh, you see the whole city. It's beautiful city bridges are really cool it's surrounded by water um and there's like a there's a couple of markets like uh town squares and stuff like that where the street performers all over the place it's it's, it's a great city i i thoroughly enjoyed it and was pretty shocked honestly that it was it was that nice so mm-hmm. i definitely recommend pittsburgh it was i mean maybe that that also might be a little bit of bias since uh i have a fond memory of winning a national title there but uh yeah. <laughs> 
then talk about, I guess, are you going to go to the Frozen Four this year since it's in Boston or even if UMass doesn't make it or not? Yeah, I think um, I, I'm probably going to attend whether or not UMass is there or not because, I mean, the Frozen Four in general is just a great atmosphere. I mean, I, I just walking around like the concourse in Pittsburgh, it was like you see fans from Quinnipiac. You see fans from North Dakota who weren't there. Like you just see a bunch of – it's everyone who just loves college hockey, which is so cool because it's, it's, it's such a uh, – like a um, a great group of fans and they're all wicked nice and, the I mean – Unless you're unless you're going against them in in a game, like they'll have a conversation uh, with you about anything, and it's always a good vibe. And uh, people travel from all over the country to be there, so it's really nice. That's awesome. I remember having I, I had a conversation with uh, some um, North Dakota fans at Pittsburgh. That was and they were super nice and uh, traveling and stuff like that it was great. So. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I'm planning to go to the Frozen Four as well. I, I bought my tickets, so I'm like super excited for that experience. It should be a lot of fun, especially since it's going to be a full crowd, not like the capacity like it was in Pittsburgh. So I'm excited for the kind of the real Frozen Four experience to be back this year. Yeah, I mean, the bean pot looked like a, a great time. Um, so, that, I mean, same arena. But uh, so, I mean, the, the, the full pack stadiums are definitely going to be a lot better. Mm-hmm. And uh if the vibes were that good in Pittsburgh, I mean, they have to be better in, in, in Boston. Oh, yeah. And this might be a hot take, but I feel like there's a lot of people that I feel like in, who might go to those Boston schools that would much rather win a Beanpot than a hockey's championship. Like, I feel like I would much rather win a hockey's championship than any Beanpot. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a thing. Uh, I feel like I've gone into a million arguments <laughs> with people on – people, Northeastern fans in particular about, like uh, – I'd be like Northeastern fans were giving us crap before the uh, before the championship run, where it was like, uh, "Oh, we have hockey semifinal banners up in in Mullins," and then we ended up winning a national championship, and that shut them right up. But uh, they were like, "Yeah, like you guys hang your fifteen beanpot championships that you, you have a one four shot of winning each year." So, mm-hmm. but um, I mean, it's a it's a very cool tournament. Don't get me wrong. And I do agree with that, but like some of these people like are like so excited for the oh. beanpot. I'm like, you gotta be like, I'm from Massachusetts. I'd much rather play for a school like UMass or UConn and win a hockey's championship than win any beanpot with the, those four schools. Like, oh, I yeah. just feel like it's like I feel like the hockey's champ- championship is so much better, and I feel like no one talks about that. It is. It does fly under the radar and kind of gets overshadowed by the beam pot. But I mean, it's 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 a much better vibe, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think. Uh, and then it's definitely like uh, if you're go to a school like UMass and, or UConn, like if you're in that uh, championship game, you you pack that house and you're, you're the dominant fan base because you're the bigger fan base because mm-hmm. you're the bigger school. Um, and that's what happens whenever we play a, a Boston school, since a lot of UMass alums are in Boston which I mean is an awesome vibe and it's a great time. So I, I love traveling to those games in Boston. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, speaking of the hockey's championship, talk about that hockey's championship win. Then we'll obviously talk about the tournament win uh, because that was a crazy game. I know you're, I know a lot of UMass fans hate Lowell and I understand that, but um, Lowell gave you guys a really good game and that they won a big tournament run that year. I was surprised that they almost didn't win it just because they, they played fantastic, but my guy, Jake Gaudet, found a way to get the goal in the first period, and Philly Lindbergh didn't look back and had an incredible game and oh. won that hockey's championship. Just talk about how that felt because talking to Gaudet, he said winning that hockey's championship really showed the team that they can win a championship, and it gave him a good motivation heading into the national tournament, especially since uh, they laid an egg in the two years ago in the hockey's championship against BC. 
Mm-hmm, true. I think it was a huge, huge confidence booster. I, I don't think if they don't win that hockey East championship, um, I, I think they don't win the the tournament either. But I mean, talk about a, a, a grind of a game. It was it, like UMass loves to give me a heart attack. I feel like every game because they make it so close all the time. But that one was I was on the edge of my seat every single second. I felt like Lowell, I, I felt like Lowell was going to put one in somehow, some way. Um, and Lindbergh was was such an amazing goalie that back half of the year that uh, he just stood on his head and just stopped every puck that came anywhere near him. Um, and then the Jake Odette goal, I was I remember being I remember like I looked down because he the puck was behind the net. And I'm like, oh, there's no way he he could figure out. But I mean, it just goes to show sometimes you need to get lucky and uh, bank a shot off a goalie's back, and that's what ended up happening. And Look where we are now, and uh, and I mean, what an what an amazing game! It was great times. Uh, I remember I was in uh, if you're if you're a UMass, if you've ever been to UMass, uh, I was in the Brandywine apartments, and uh, I just remember like the moment the clock hit zero, you heard a bunch of people on the on like the balconies and the townhouses being like, "Yeah, let's go!" <laughs> it was a, it was a good vibe on campus. So. And that was like the first warm weather day in Massachusetts from my oh. memory. So that's why it was like, also felt good too. It was like, it's nice that the warm weather's coming back. Then the t- regional came around and uh, UMass played some two kind of grindy teams in Lake Superior State. And I, I'm tr- forgetting who the other team was. Uh, uh, Bemidji. Bemidji. Um, be- so talk about that regional because it seemed like UMass pr- completely dominated those two games. But if you heard Greg Carvel, he was basically just ripping the team constantly. <laughs> yeah um i carve did have a uh a loves like being like when we have like a 5-0 win being like oh yeah they didn't i mean there's some areas we can improve on <laughs> um so uh i mean that which is what you want out of a coach um but the, those regional games were a lot of fun because i know i just said you must make me sweat a lot but those words were like oh we always have this in the bag um, I remember watching because I, I it was the region was Wisconsin, Bemidji, Lake Superior. Wisconsin um, I, losing that first game was huge. I was surprised. And I Caulfield. What what looked was well, it looked like uh, the ice was going to be a problem because the Bridgeport uh, regional, like the ice was all wonky. The pucks mm-hmm. were back, ba- pucks were bouncing all over the way, and that's how Bemidji kind of kind of got a couple greasy goals that game um, with the bouncy puck. And I was like, I I, I was all sorts of nervous because I was like. Oh man, what if a few bad bounces go our way? And then I mean UMass shut me right up with uh like just getting really easy goals and finding ways to put pucks in that and uh Geis had a had a hat trick in the um in the regional final and really just we the Bemidji and Lake Spirit never had a chance in either of those games, especially mm-hmm. with the way Lindbergh was playing. So Oh yeah. And then obviously the iconic Carvel run um, in the ice. That kind of I kind of knew that UMass was on something uh, in the Frozen Four when I saw that. That was all, great memes that came from that. Oh yeah, that was awesome. That was, I mean, he was that's that, that's just the energy he brings to it. Uh, and he was I mean, just seeing him run across the side like got me fired up. I was like, is it two weeks? I, I need these two weeks to fly by because oh, yeah. <laughs> I need to be the Frozen Four already. And then when the, before the Frozen Four started, I'm assuming you were um, sweating a little bit because UMass had some COVID issues before the game against Duluth. Um, both their goalies were out. Carson Gusevich, your leading goal scorer, was out as well, along with Jerry Harding. Um, so what were your feelings when that news came out? And I'll just talk about how the vibes were feeling against Duluth because I feel like that was kind of the 
biggest game of UMass um, hockey, um, more than that championship game against St. Cloud, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, it it, it did really feel like, um, God, how are we going to win this game without Lindbergh? <laughs> how are we going to win this game without uh, Carson, who's our leading goal scorer of the year? Um, and Duluth's like that that big bad bully. They've been to – they're trying to 3 They're a really good hockey program. They've been a good hockey program for a while. Um, and I think the vibes going into that game were – if Matt Murray somehow pulls this off and wins this game, we put his number in the rafters of Mullins because he has been such a trooper for us. I mean, I I feel like Lindbergh has been a really good goaltender for so long, um, and he's on a, on another level. But Murray has been the guy for for UMass for five years now, um, and he's been trading that off with Lindbergh. And I'm I'm glad he's getting the role this year to be to be the guy on campus. Um, and I think he's, he's stepping up this year in a lot of big games. But I mean, that game from him was out of this world. He played. He played like a man on the mission, like he was gonna. He was gonna put us in this cha- in that championship game to the point where even after it, people were like, "Do you even do you go back to Lindbergh? Do you mm-hmm. stick with the hot hand and Murray?" Um, but I mean, I felt that entire second period. I think of that game, it looked like we were gonna lose by ten. <laughs> uh, UMD was on fire. They were they were skating so well. Uh, we got beat by a couple on man rushes and then Murray every time just made a save. And I remember sit, saying like, just get out of this period down one, just get out of this period down one. And we got out of it and carve got the boys in the intermission fired up and they came out jumping in the third. Del Gaizo finds a goal. And then uh, I think the momentum never, never swung back in uh Duluth way. And in the overtime, it was one of those overtimes where I was like, I was like, God, we are dominating, but it's gonna find a way to get a goal. Duluth's gonna find a way to get a get a goal, and it's it's gonna bring you so far down because we had so many chances, and then then wait, oh, I mean, I I think I blacked out for like a good minute and a half after that goal. I was so ecstatic. I, I was jumping all over the place, hugging random UMass fans near me. What a great Most goal! Nonchalant a, celebration where he's just like, yeah, he's just like, just raises his hand. <laughs> It was it was so funny. I was like, this is like the biggest goal in UMass hockey history. And you would feel like he made it seem like it was just like a regular season goal. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. But no, that was crazy. I remember listening to an interview with uh, Coach DeMichael about like that game. And apparently him and um, Ben Barr were like ripping on the team the entire like second period about how poorly they were playing. And then I think Carvel said, let me take care of it in the intermission. And he kind of like ripped them. And then eventually that kind of motivated the team to kind of get back because he was saying like, you know what Lindbergh and Gusevich would be doing right now to be in the spot that you're in now. So you got to win it for them. So that was a really cool story. And um, I think that kind of motivated the boys, it seemed like, to kind of get the job done against Duluth. And it was a great game, too. And I was rooting for UMass just because I didn't want to see Duluth win again. And I wanted the Massachusetts school to prevail against all those three Minnesota schools. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was it was it was really cool because I that the whole vibes were in the stadium where it's three Minnesota schools, state of hockey, all this stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, about uh, how Minnesota is so cool and good. And then you had the one Massachusetts school and we ended up winning the whole thing. It was very cool. So Yeah, that championship game was the complete opposite against Duluth because, to be honest, I was just chilling watching the game. It felt like UMass had it under control um, the yeah. entire game. After Laganov made that great um, goal, it seemed like UMass basically had it in the bag. Um, talk about how you were feeling after that championship win and talk about the after party as well, because just going through Insta, it seemed like you had a great time um, in Pittsburgh in the hotel with the boys. 
Uh, yeah. So I, I mean, that game was never in doubt, and that I, I think it was. I had some St. Cloud fans in front of me after the second goal, and I, I I'm jumping up and down. They're telling me to, to get down. It's not over. And then, uh, then the third goal happened. And he was like, they were like, all right, we're gonna we have to drive back to Minnesota now. So <laughs> uh, enjoy the win. And they were very nice. So uh, shout out those St. Cloud fans. But then uh, after the game, I mean. We have like a mosh pit of UMass fans in the lobby jumping up and down. Uh, I mean, oh, it was amazing. And then we're just in the streets of Pittsburgh, just screaming, yelling about UMass. Probably, I mean, probably 95% of the city doesn't even know what's happening. <laughs> um, and then uh, someone's, one of my buddies just goes, uh, hey, let's go welcome the team when they come back from, from the, uh, to the hotel. I go like, yeah, that's a great idea. Um, and then we're just in the lobby with the team i remember getting pictures with i remember specifically getting a picture with bobby because my my buddy's six four and i'm six seven uh so we got a picture with bobby who's i'm pretty sure he's like five eight or something and he's like oh look at these he looks up at me and him he goes look at these two giants next to me (laughs) uh so i remember that picture pretty fondly and then uh, obviously getting, getting a picture i mean getting a picture with the national championship trophy the night it's won is amazing it's awesome it's such a good feeling um and that was really special i've been talking i had like a brief conversation with uh carve after the game talking with some of the players about how awesome it was and they're all hyped and excited and just a great vibe and a great night so what time did you go to bed that night i'm curious I think I crawled back into bed probably around like 3 30 or something like that (laughs) it was it was a late night uh we definitely had a lot of fun, so it That's was a good awesome. time. Well, then the, this let's talk a little bit about this year's team because UMass did lose. That's kind of a part of winning a national championship is they lost a lot of key players, losing Zach Jones, um, Goddett, Gasevich, Lindbergh. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting a few more names, but um, lost a lot of key players from that team and brought in a lot of faces that, to be honest, I didn't know anything about. So talk about this year's team, what you've seen from them and kind of um, – your whole opinion on this year's team and how it's a little bit different from last year's national championship team. Yeah, I think it's, it's different in the sense that uh, I think Geist was the uh, Carson Gersavich was the clear guy last year in terms of goal scoring. It was try to feed him the puck down low. Um, And this year it's like anybody can kind of make it happen. Um, And um, I think this team's much more reliant on, on power play goals and stuff like that. Um, they definitely are a, a much more grindy team in terms of getting like the, I don't think they, they haven't won a lot of games by a lot of a lot of goals. I think the one game they've won by more than three is Northeastern six nothing, and other than that, they've all been two or one goal games. Um, but obviously, I mean, you had going into the year a lot of expectations on the team. They're ranked number one in the country, and then it was a bit of a disappointing after getting swept by Minnesota State the opening weekend. Um, really took a lot of air out of the sails, but um, I mean, shout out to that team for I mean, really sticking their nose uh, down and getting a lot of key wins and uh, continuing to battle. Um, I think the Michigan and Minnesota State teams have showed us that like, there's a lot of work to do on this team. There's a lot of improvement, um, but the one thing about Carvel teams is they start to get they start to get it going towards the end of the season. Um, and I mean, this past series against Maine was a tough one. I think. We didn't want to drop one in overtime, but uh, I think this UConn one is a huge opportunity to really see where this UMass team is going and where the ceiling is. Um, Cause right now there's no front runner and you could really put yourself in a good position by uh, 
beating a really good UConn team. So yeah, um, yeah. that's kind of the vibe I got. And obviously Ben Bonner probably knows a little bit about UMass. So that main series is probably a little bit different uh, compared to the other ones they've played in, which I feel like maybe a lot of people weren't kind of realizing um, before heading into that. There was a ton of emotion in that game for sure. I, I feel like uh, Ben Barr being the former assistant recruited, recruited a lot of the guys on the UMass team. So yeah, um, a lot of the personal connections there. And Ben Barr obviously probably knows a lot of the schemes and knows what UMass is trying to do this year. Um, so, I mean, it, it was a – it's a weird series, but um, uh, four points is not the end of the world, I don't think, from for that uh, series to go. Yeah, I think that main team in a few years is going to be really, really good because um, I've been – I follow them on Instagram, and they've been getting a lot of commitments. So I think once some some of ours guys come, start coming there with that atmosphere at Alphon, that team's going to be oh, yeah. one of the best teams in Hockey East. Barr Bar was a huge loss to UMass, I think. Uh, um, he was he's a great recruiter and I, I do think Maine's gonna be gonna be a force to be reckoned with in the next couple of years. Now let's talk about UMass weekend. Obviously, the best weekend in the regular season if you're a UConn fan. One thing I want to ask you about as a UMass fan is I know Lowell and UMass try to make that like a big rivalry. To be honest, I think it should be UConn UMass. That should be the big rivalry for UMass, uh, just because UConn is very similar to UMass in some ways. They're kind of a brand new program trying to prove themselves in hockey east. Um, they don't get like the top end, I guess, recruits like BU and BC does, but they always find a way to get diamonds in the rough. And I just feel like since they're close to each other, um, like directional wise, um, well, do you think do you think UConn is a bigger rival? Is UMass's hockey's biggest rival in hockey? I guess. Um, I think it's definitely up there. I think it's I think the three biggest rivals in hockey East are BC, uh, Lowell, and UConn. I think that's definitely without a doubt. Um, UConn has been kind of like the team that's most similar to us. You're right. Um, and Lowell and BC have normally been punching above us um, before carve. So I think that's kind of why we looked at them a, a little bit more uh, with a, a, like a, a rival sense, but um, I definitely think UConn uh, and UMass fans are starting to get into a little more, a little more beef uh, <laughs> with uh I think football really showed that this year. With uh, we stormed the field against UConn, which was really fun, um, and I think it's a great rivalry to have. I think um, every kind of just trying to grow a, a, an athletics brand in in an area, you need those regional rivalries. And UMass and UConn is going to be one for I think a long year to a long time to come. Uh, and if I, I think UConn's showing they want to make improvements in hockey with uh, with that new rink they're they're going to be building. Um, or are they? It's going to be ready next year, apparently. Ready next year. But it's only yeah. like three thousand fans, which I'm a little disappointed by. But the reason why that I, is, Cab said he likes, he thinks the atmosphere will be better instead of like, because I know there's arenas in hockey, it's like a Gannis where there's like ten thousand fans or like ten thousand seat capacity, but only like four or five thousand people show up, so the atmosphere isn't as great. Where like if it's a three thirty five hundred seat stadium, everyone will be there and the atmosphere will be better. That was his reasoning, and I kind of got it. But to be honest, I feel like I wish the arena was a little bigger especially since um, I think it will help with recruiting a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, as long as they're making steps to show they, they want to do something in the, in the sense and they have a plan, whether that plan works out or not, who knows. But I, def- I definitely think UConn is going to be in the coming years. It's going to be a, a, an intense rivalry, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it because uh, it's, a, it's a team where uh, it's short down the road. It's not a bad drive down to UConn, and uh, I'm looking forward to to battling them out this weekend. I think they're the they're definitely the underdog this weekend in terms of uh, 
the recent years, but if they win this weekend, it could be huge for their program. So they're going to be coming in here with a lot of fire, with a lot of uh, intensity, and it's going to be – I'm predicting it's going to be a very physical weekend of oh, hockey, yeah. and uh, I'm looking forward to it because those are always the best games. Any UMass hockey player that's listening to this, I might chirp you a little bit at the games. Don't take it too personally. That's just how it is. But um, I'm assuming any, any UConn player that's listening to this will feel yeah. the same way about you. I, I, I want to I apologize to every hockey goaltender for everything <laughs> I say to them. <laughs> no, uh, no, but I think it should. Be, I think with the two state schools, I think it's it's it could be building to one of the bigger rivalries in hockey, especially if UConn starts to become like UMass's and starts winning some hockey's championships and potentially some tournament runs. I think it could be an intense rival, which I'm very much looking forward to. And that's why I'm a big UMass weekend guy. I'm trying to promote this thing as much as I can, but let's talk a little bit about this series because from UConn hockey fan perspective, I don't know how many UMass fans kind of realize this, but this is arguably the biggest series in UConn hockey history. Um, they have the chance to kind of control their destiny and win hockey East and put themselves in position uh, to win the hockey's championship. And to be honest, I think that's huge for the program because they've never won a hockey's playoff game ever. So I think this is a weekend to kind of prove themselves that they're capable of doing that. Um, I'm very interested to see how UConn will do in this series because I think UMass gives them a lot of trouble. They have a lot of players that I think can push UConn around. But I think if UConn could uh, stay out of the box and uh, just get their grindy goals, which they've been doing recently, I think they have the chance to uh, be very successful. I think the key for UConn is really just doing what they've been doing offensively. I think the last three games they've scored six goals. So if they do that, they're definitely going to be um, having a lot of success this weekend. So for UMass, it's probably defensively how they stop that offense. Yeah, I think it's uh, UMass, if, if Murray is is on one, is on fire and is having a good good series, it's going to spell uh, good things. And then if they can they can force the UConn penalties, they can use that physical aspect of this game to draw a lot of penalties and get on that power play that's been effective this year. Um, it's going to be huge for UMass. That's what they're going to be looking for. Um, and it's going to be an exciting series because it, it, it really is. I, I think not a lot of UMass fans do realize how big of a series this is for UConn. Um, it reminds me of like like a Cal McCarr, that, that sophomore Cal McCarr year. It's like mm-hmm. that if like you don't win the hockey, East that, the, uh, hockey East regular season that year, it's probably not as impactful as it, as it was. And uh, I think UConn's in a position to really, really jump forward as a program if they can, if they can do well in the series. Yeah, and I think the two teams match up very well because these two teams have great depth offensively. They obviously have two great goalies in Murray and Darian Hansen. So I think that's like one thing that makes this series really interesting is just each team has a lot of great depth. So it might be up to the third or fourth line to make a play that could really decide the series. Yep. Yeah, I mean, uh, if uh, I, I don't know a lot about UConn's third or fourth line, mm-hmm. but uh, I know uh, – I carved spent high on Taylor McCarr this, this year, and and as of recently, he really showed up in that that Lowell series. Maybe not as much or so in the main series, but uh, I look look for him to make a impact goal this this weekend would be would be massive for uh, UMass. Yeah, one of those third line guys. I don't know if he's a third line guy for UMass, but Ryan Lawton back. I've been noticing him a lot. Um, just watching uh, uh, some U- UMass games. Um, he doesn't seem like a goal scorer, but it seems like a guy that makes the right plays and. Um, sets up offensive chances for UMass and definitely would be a guy that not, not a lot of fans might realize, but he has a big impact on the team. I think him and Donaldson are my two guys that like never really show up on the score sheet that much, but I think make a huge impact on plays with just hustle plays and just wearing down a, a, a goaltender or a defense. Um, and they get, 
I think Donaldson's like Donaldson and Makar like win a lot of puck battles in the corners and that causes long shifts. And then the first line comes in and gets a, gets a Bobby Torino uh, skates around a tire defense or Morrow makes a great player around a tire defense and they score a goal. And obviously Donaldson and Makar don't get credit for that, but they ended up setting it up. So I think that's, that's a huge impact that they have. And that that's the huge impact that the third and fourth line has had this year. Yeah, and for UConn, I think a guy that doesn't get kind of flies under the radar a little bit is Hudson Shandor. He's been injured a little bit this year, but I really like him a lot. I think he can create a lot of offensive chances, and he finds a way to get goals at the right time too, which I have been really impressed with. I think UConn, what's been impressing me a lot just watching their games recently is just their neutral zone play and how they do well in transition. I think that's something that UMass has to look out for is how UConn um, does in their transitions just because they've been scoring a lot of goals that way. And it's going to be guys like Artem Schlein and Hudson Shandor to kind of expose that UMass defense and kind of um, get those goals on the transition just because I feel like they do that well, but also the, to get those gritty goals as well too because if UMass is not giving them anything in the neutral zone, then they're going to have to find a way to get that gritty goal. And I think you saw it against the Providence game where um, I forgot the name, Riley Duran, he scored kind of two gritty goals for Providence and that ended up uh, being the reason why they, UMass lost that game. And I feel like that's what UConn will be have to kind of do, I guess, to get goals in this series. I mean, yeah, I think uh, UMass is like defensively has struggled this year when it comes to, I, I think Cridgeson has been a really weak part of uh, UMass this year. I think I've, I think I love guys like Farmer and Morrow in the offensive zone, and then they kind of become a little bit of a liability in the in the defensive zone sometimes, especially uh, on those on-man breaks. I think Morrow pinches up a little bit too much, or Farmer makes a, a play in the puck and misses um, a little too often for my liking. So um, if UConn can exploit those, they can, can spell trouble for UMass, um, especially if Murray, Murray's not on his, on his A game. Yeah, so I think it's going to be real up to guys like Matt Kessel and Ryan Ufko, who I think have been the best defensive players for UMass this year to really step up and shut down some of UConn's top offensive threats. Yeah, that's the, that's that top D pairing. Ufko uh, has been probably the story of the year for UMass. Um, I, I don't think he's he was a, considered even close to being a top-line guy. He's a freshman. He's uh, very young, and look for him to be a force to be reckoned with in the coming years, and uh, especially this year because he's been really good. Now, I guess the three players that I will point out for UConn, and you could do it for UMass after this, is Carter Turnbull, Joachim Kondalik, and um, Artem Schlein, and Ryan Torfberg. I think those players are going to be key for UConn to have success this year. Ryan Torfberg is arguably one of the best offensive players in hockey this year. The guy can create goals out of nothing, and I think that's he has to be on his A game if he wants to um, do well in the series. Um, I'll be interested to see how he does because he showed up to the team in the second semester of last year, so he had never ch- had the chance to play UMass. So I'm interested to see how he does against UMass, and he's a Leafs prospect as well. So he should be fun to watch. But then also Carter Turnbull and Joachim Kondalik, they're both seniors. I think they bring a lot of experience to this UConn team, and I think they're definitely um, guys that can find ways to get goals, especially Kondalik since he's kind of a big guy. I think he uses his body well to make screens, create physical plays, and um, I think Carter Turnbull's kind of finding that finishing touch with his game as well, which has been fun to see. So who are some players for UMass um, that you want to, fans to kind of look out for if they're going to watch this series? Uh, I think Trevino is definitely the obvious one. Hobie Baker, Hobie Baker candidate has been on fire all year. Um, he just he just has a vision for the ice that is NHL level. Simply, simply put, he finds passes. He finds a passing lane. He's been great. Uh, Mara this year, he's cooled off in, in in the recent games, but he's been a guy that uh, 
it's just when he has the puck on his stick, he's just so good. He just finds ways to maneuver around defenses and uh, find good passes and has a pretty good shot too. And then lastly, I'd probably say uh, I'd probably say look out for Yufko because Yufko is the wild card because he can he hasn't really been a guy that uh, UMass saw coming this year. I don't think anyone really saw him being a a huge uh, defensive uh, strength for UMass, and he's been really filling in. Uh, for that role, for that uh, like kind of Zach Jones role that we lost in terms of uh, offensive potential too, because he's he's made some uh, great plays from the blue line. He has a great slap shot, uh, and he's been he's been. I can't say enough things about uh, nice things about Ryan Ifco because he's been so good this year. Yeah, no, and then another guy I'm kind of want to ask you about is Josh Lapina. I haven't heard too much about him this year compared to last year, but talk about how he's kind of improved from his soft, um, in his sophomore year since he was the best freshman in hockey East, in my opinion, last year. Yeah, Lopina uh, definitely had he – dealt, he dealt with some injuries earlier in the year. I think he uh, got injured during that Minnesota State series. I think a lot of – people forget, like, we were dealing with some serious injuries on, to this UMass team. Uh, I think five of our top six four, uh, forwards are out at one point. Um, and Lopina was one of those guys. So he hasn't really been able to get in a groove. Um, but he did score in this main series. Uh, he's, he's, uh, I think he's one of the, one of the best face-off drawers in the, in, in hockey East. So he's been really good in that regard. Um, but I'm, I'm hopefully looking for him to, uh, be on the score sheet more. And if, if there's any time to break out and start showing those flashes, like he did, uh, his freshman year, it would be a UConn series in a, in a big game and a big weekend. And then uh, I think he, him and him and Wait work really well together. I think yeah. they, they find each other a lot. He also has the best flow in college hockey as well. Oh, easily! Oh, oh my <laughs> god, that hair! Yeah. So, but no, if you, I, I highly recommend people uh, for all the UConn fans listening, go to the game on Friday night. I know a lot of people couldn't go to the game a couple of weeks ago due to the ice storm, but please support this team. I want the XL to be rocking. I think it'll be a great game and great atmosphere. And if you have the chance, go up to Mullen Center on Saturday too. I'll be there at both games. So. Um, it should be exciting one if any messages to the UMass fans um, for this upcoming series. Yeah, I think Carve said it best um, when he was talking, he talked like directly to the students this weekend, like the, the vibes are definitely a lot better when the students sections packed. Um, and so I, I definitely think we need that student section packed this weekend for, for a tough UConn team. Get loud, <laughs> be there. I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I mean, there's nothing like ho- hockey in, in Mullins when it's late in the year. It's February. This is the time where you need to support the team. So definitely get out there. Well, I get tripped wearing my UConn jersey because I'm going to be doing that. How many trips do you think I'll get at the Mullins Center? I'm curious. Because I, I went to Lowell and no one said anything to me. So I'm curious if um, UMass fans are a little more vile. You really got no chirps. At, well, I, I guess when you, when you go to Lowell as, as a UConn fan, I guess it's a little bit different, but you definitely will get a few champs in, in the Mullen Center uh, from, from, a couple, from a couple guys. Uh, I think so, someone might bring up a football score. Someone might do something like that. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I think uh, it's going to be a good rivalry, and I think if I head down there in, in the reindeer, which I, I might do, I might not. I'm, I'm still up in the air about it. We've got some – personal family stuff uh, that might be happening Friday. So I don't know whether I'm going to be in the XL center. I kind of do want to catch it. Cause it, this is the last year. It might be the last year of the XL center. So they're still going to uh, play some games at the XL next year. Okay, I thought, they that's do what it for I thought basketball, too. which I am hate. I play the games on campus. That's where all the students are, but that's another argument for another day, but they will probably yeah. play some games at the XL for hockey as well. Sounds good. I'll, I'll try to make it down to the XL center, but uh, I mean, 
yeah, just get there, get loud, and mm-hmm. don't don't harass Matt too hard at the mm-hmm. Walton Center. <laughs> well, I do want I might I do want to kind of meet up with you and take a picture, be one of those of fans as well. So kind of UConn UMass picture, so that'll be kind of cool. But um, I will see. Oh, definitely, I'll definitely reach out to you about that. But uh, no, it should be an exciting series. And I guess, do you have any predictions for Hockey East as the rest of the season goes on? Who do you think is going to win? And um, just all that stuff. Um. Bias or not, I do think UMass finds finds a way. I think their schedule coming up is is probably the biggest benef, uh, benefactor to that. I think you have a really good potential here against UConn, and then Vermont and BC, BC not being what they have been yeah. um, in the past years. I think those are two very, very, very winnable series. Um, so I'm looking forward to those. Uh, and if they can do that, I think they went out and win hockey. East. I think BU and UConn trade that. Uh, two three spot mm-hmm. and i really think Lowell's gonna fall off and maybe fall down to the four or five i i, I think that you and that unh loss probably took a lot of wind out of their sails um and the, they're not gonna be looking too sharp for the end for the end of the year um so i, I got i got i'm gonna go umass bu uconn Lowell, top four that's that's my mine is umass uconn bu Lowell, and then maybe providence could sneak in there that's the only team that's from the outside that i think could potentially get in i know a lot of people are high in merrimack i don't think i think merrimack they 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 haven't found a way to beat umass and they got smoked by uconn i feel like every time they play a good team in hockey they aren't as good as they are so that's why i'm not the biggest believer in merrimack but they could potentially get into the semifinals i'm not saying they won't but that's definitely a team i guess to look out for but the only team i really think could get in the semifinals besides though four is providence even though they've been struggling for a little bit if you overlook Merrimack, you're going to have problems. Um, <laughs> the, like I, I overlooked them in every game, and they gave me a heart attack every game. Uh, I thought we 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 never blew them out. We all we won every one of those games by one goal. Um, and then Lawler's a tough place to play, so um, mm-hmm. it, it never never count them out. I wouldn't say, but I, I don't think they I don't think they sneak into that top four, and I don't think they I don't, I don't think they get. I think they may steal a game in a series. I don't think they win a series. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, and UConn has a pretty tough schedule, actually. I know they have a series against Vermont, but they also play Northeastern next weekend, and they're a good team. So uh, who knows? I still think UConn will make the hockey's final. I know you had a tweet um, recently telling Sarah Griffin that it will be a UMass-BU <laughs> final. I'm sorry if Sarah's listening, but that will not be happening. UConn will be spoiling her Terriers, and it will be U- UConn-UMass um, hockey's final. So I wanted to point put that out there as well. All right. Hey, as long as UMass is there, <laughs> that's all I care about. So, but no. And then I guess one thing, um, who do you have winning the national championship this year? Uh, that'll be kind of the last hockey question. I really think Minnesota State's really good this year. And I think they're, I think it's a case of UMass where they, they made it last year. Um, and I think that's, that's on their mind. Uh, I think it was on their mind. I think it was on UMass's mind when they won uh, their trip. I don't think they win it without that past experience of that Frozen Four. So I think Minnesota State's hungry. They're ready to go. I don't like Michigan because I think they're too inexperienced and they make it too many mistakes. They're going to get um, upset in like the Elite Eight, if I'm I think, honest. <laughs> yeah, I think they 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 find a way to lose that like uh, to a, a team that's gritty and I, like honestly, I could see Michigan losing to UConn in the second round. I could <laughs> yeah. see that. So, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I I definitely think, uh, um, but another team to look at i think it's either denver or quinnipiac is going to make that final and it's going to be minnesota state over one of those teams yeah i think i'm um, to be honest with you i'm gonna go with st cloud state i think that loss against umass really motivate them and they're returning a lot of guys from that team and i just feel like I, I don't know i've been very impressed with them i know they've kind of slipped a little bit in the rankings but 
I think at the end of the day, if they get hot at the right time, I think that's definitely the team to kind of look out for. But I think Quinnipiac as well. And I think it's the next – I think it's going to be Mankato, Quinnipiac, St. Cloud State, and then that fourth team could be some team that we don't even know about. I feel like that usually happens every Frozen Four. Yeah, I mean, you go and predicting something and then AIC beats North Dakota or something like that, yeah. something crazy. So uh, the the I love I love college tournaments like March Madness and the Frozen Four and college hockey and stuff like that because anything can really happen when you get into that, when you get into March, when you get into April. Now, I do a segment with all the players called the non-hockey segment. I kind of want to do some questions with you just because um, Jake Gaudet was on the podcast and he said Worcester Dining Hall is the best one. You said that was a hot take. So I guess got to ask you, what's the best dining hall at you? Yeah, yeah, the reason it's a hot take is Cadet was here for old Worcester. So the, the new Worcester is much nicer. It's, it's renovated and it, it looks all nice. But, I mean, that's where the, that's where – I'm sorry, Jake, but that's where the sheep will go. That's where all of everybody that's like, oh, I want to try UMass Dining. Let me go to a nice new Worcester. Um, and it's always packed. It's crowded. And the food's as is it's the same – as every other dining hall. So it's just, it just looks nice. And there's a lot of people there. Um, I picture like, you know, that uh, episode of the first episode of SpongeBob where all those sardines are packed in, <laughs> into that, uh, into the Krusty Krab. That's what Worcester is right now. Cause everyone wants to go there. Cause the hip new thing. Um, and then you have the two Southwest ones, which is like the biggest residential area of UMass. Um, that's Burke and Hamp. Um, Hamp is more of a healthier option. I think they got more like healthy options. They have nice smoothies. They go. They don't got drinks at Hamp. The drink options are smoothies, water, and uh, one like milk stand, and that's it. So um, that's the reason I don't really like Hamp. Uh, Burke, in my opinion, is nice, but they run out of stuff a lot. It's not like a big kitchen, so they that they don't transition well to like lunch and dinner rushes. Um, so the food's good there, and it's a good setup but they run out of food a lot. And that's why the best dining hall at Worcester, it's not even a debate. You can, you can debate it all you want, but it's Frank. Franklin Dining Commons is the best. And let me tell you why. Hard ice cream. They got hard ice cream, fresh. You can serve it yourself. It's delicious. It's the best stuff. It's from local farms. It's amazing. You have two sides of drinks, plenty of drink options. If you name it, they got it. Um, and then you have the best stir fry on campus and you have the best deli station in campus. I have my guy there that I go every time he looks at me, he goes like, I recognize you. I know what you like. And he gets me the same thing every time. He's a great guy. Love that guy. Don't know his name, but shout out to that deli worker. So Mm -hmm. that's my dining hall rankings. Um, it's always a, always a huge topic of debate in there and among every UMass student. So, uh, that's my take Worcester. Worcester, Hamp, Burke, Frank. I've my sister went to UMass and she brought me to one dining hall. Don't even remember what it is. It was in like a brick building, so it was pretty good food, though. I will give give you that. So it's good. Um, so yeah, I'll take your word for it. Um, I definitely <laughs> can't go in there, but um, it's uh, for all the UMass people listening. Uh, go to Frank, right? Franklin Dining. Yep. Awesome. And what's the best off-campus um, restaurant? Because there's a few options. There's a dining there's- place in Hadley that's absolute gas. I went there one time. Very good, but then Judy's is also very good as well. Um, so uh, I want to get your. I I, I have off. I have some bad news for you about Judy's. It's shut down. Oh um, really? I don't think they. Yeah, I don't think they survived COVID. Uh, so they haven't that reopened. Sucks. So that's that sucks. But um, I will give my best pizza off campus is Antonio's. Uh, if you if you 
if you go there, you got got the hot cheese up hot cheese up front for people who know people in the Amherst area. But then you gotta try the chicken bacon ranch when you go to Antonio's. It's so good, uh, great pizza there. And then in terms of sit down restaurants, I've really enjoyed um, Pasta y Basta, which is also right right in downtown Amherst, right next to Antonio's. Uh, great pasta, great spot, really fancy dining. If you ever if you got your got your lady friend and you need a need a date idea, Pasta y Basta is the way to go. Nice. Is it cheap too? It's uh not. <laughs> it's not. I wouldn't call it expensive, but it's not. It's certainly certainly. I wouldn't go there every night. Yeah, I understand. I understand. I'm just trying to get ideas when I'm out at Amherst on Saturday. So I appreciate the help. Next non hockey question is: What is the most interesting class you've ever taken at UMass? Ooh, this is a great question. Um, I I originally went into UMass as a political science major uh, i've since added communications and i think those classes have been a little more up my alley i think the, the best one i've taken so far is a um i took a film class on films um about time travel so um we just basically watched a bunch of films about time travel and uh, analyzed them on how how they related to like uh what was going on in the public at that time. So uh, I That's think cool. that was kind of my most interesting class. Uh, the teacher professor was amazing. He's a, he's a great guy. So, That's awesome. Did they talk about back to the future? I assume. Cause they back to the future. Yep. Yeah. That, that was on there. Um, uh, the other, the other big one was um, shoot. Uh, movie recommendation. Primer was my favorite movie. I watched in that class. Uh, it's like a really small budget film, but it was it's a it's a very good time travel film. So that's a little movie recommendation for you. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm excited to get down to Amherst. It should be fun. Obviously, the rec center I like cutting through there to get to Mullins. So it's all, I don't know why it's just a cool spot. It seems like a lot's going on there. So, um, but I guess last non two non hockey questions is what music are you into? Uh yeah, I, I'm a big uh, I, I I like rap, so I I really enjoyed this half this Super Bowl halftime show this year. So uh, that, that was that was awesome. But I think my favorite artist is probably uh, Kid Cudi. I listen to a nice. lot of Cudi. I'm a big Cudi fan. Um, I know Brad likes Kid Cudi too. So shout out to shout out to Brad. He's also a Kanye so, guy as well. So that's gonna oh, be yeah. for him. He's Kanye's going <laughs> through some stuff right now. But I do like my Kanye. <laughs> Just wish he stick to music a little more. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, that, that's uh, love Kid Cudi. Kid Cudi's been great. I love uh, the Man in the Mood trilogy. So, yeah. awesome. Yeah, no, Day and Night's a great song. I know that everyone likes that one. Day but that was good. what's is that song that gets you hyped up before UMass games? Is just the Kid Cudi albums because for me, it's I'm more of a like rock guy. So all the small things by Blink One Two. Every time there's a big UConn hockey game, I fire that up in the playlist, and it gets me absolutely juiced before any UConn game. Is so the Kid Cudi for you for UMass. So the UMass hockey playlist is uh, is the gold on the ceiling. Is the is the hit song. That's the song I play before every, every UMass game. I play it in like the line sometimes when I get there pretty early. Uh, that's the one that gets me fired up. That's the one I do. I mean, we played that. Me shout out to Nathan when we took down the drive to Pittsburgh. We played that like five or six times because it, it's mm-hmm. a it's a quintessential UMass uh, athletic song. So mm-hmm. that's the, that's the hype one for UMass. Best hockey arena besides UMass or Mullins? It's a great question. Um, I haven't been to a couple of them, so um, I think I feel like my favorite would be uh, uh, Orno in Maine, mm-hmm. um, but I haven't been there, so I can't rank it. Um, 
I'd say out of the ones I've been to, I really did enjoy, um, I really do enjoy the, the Conte Forum, but that's mainly because it's packed with UMass fans. Um, I'd say, I'd say the best vibe was UNH. UNH really had a, had a, had a low-key uh, great student section because obviously it was UMass when we played them. But um, I think that that's if UNH ever gets back to those, those days where it was like really good, uh, that's that's a cool cool environment and a cool cool rink. So and then Law Law is also very I, I sorry I just really like a lot of the hockey rinks. Um, but Law is really cool and I would do one. I haven't been to Merrimack, but that's like number one I think on my bucket list to go to because it's such a unique rink in terms of how small it is. I will say the parking out Merrimack is awful. That's the one thing I hated about Merrimack it was that it was so hard to park there. So that's the one thing I could not stand. And parking is a big deal at these games sometimes just because like. Sometimes the walk is very far or the prices are ridiculous. So that's the one thing about Merrimack I'm not the biggest fan of. But other than that, the rinks, it's okay. I don't think it's anything special in my opinion. But um, but no, obviously, like I said, Mullins is my favorite non-UConn rink. But if I did pick another one, Aganis. I'm a big Aganis guy. I think it's a beautiful rink. It just sucks mm. that they don't get to pack the house. But I did watch the BCBU game this year, and it looked really cool just because it was packed. So I guess I got to go to one of those games and see what the atmosphere is like when it's a Boston school there. Uh, yeah, B B B C is definitely on the bucket list for me because that, that's like the that's I think well everyone will have their their rivalry in hockey East, and I think there's a lot of big ones but B U B C is for sure the biggest and uh, those that's one of that's a game I I have to catch sometime as a as a hockey fan so and then last non hockey question is who has the best style on the UMass hockey team. It was God's. I will say that. It that was God's. It was God's had, hands down. And like he had a tap up with Trevino before the Frozen Four, which basically sealed the deal. So God's, I love this style. So I would say it was him, but who is it since he's not on the team anymore? Um, hmm. You know, I'm going to shout out. I'm going to shout out Cal Kifuk real quick because he, he photobombed one of my, one of my photos at a, at a UMass football tailgate one time. He's wearing <laughs> these nice, he's wearing these nice looking shades. So, uh, I'm going to shout out Cal Kifuk. Awesome. He's got awesome. good style. Well, I want to give you a shout out, Quinn, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate your time. It means a lot to myself. I'm pumped to see you, whether it's on Friday or Saturday. You got to let me know for one because we need that picture. Oh, yeah. be definitely pretty awesome to get the photo at Mullins, though, with all the people booing me. So that could yeah. that could be cool, too. Come, to the, come in the middle of the student section. We'll get a photo. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's going on with the student section, by the way? Why is there, like, no – um like? Why is there no seats behind the net? I'm just curious. So the stanchion has snapped. It's broken. Um, I've been I've been told by my inside sources in UMass Athletics that it'll be fixed by BC. Hopefully, that's their hope because they have to. They have, they're going to plan to fix it during the Vermont series because that's a way. Um, so they don't have to have hockey out. So they're going to they have to get in there and weld it back together. So okay. that's what's happening. Right. Um, so it's a little bit of wonky, weird vibes in the Mullen Center right now, but uh, it's definitely still a lot of fun. So, right. but uh, yeah. I'll definitely see you at one of those games and take that picture, but I'm excited for, for this. Sure. It should be so much fun. It's Tuesday and I'm already excited. I can't wait for it. So like, these classes, man, like sometimes, <laughs> sometimes all I'm thinking about is just hockey. So I'm very excited for it coming up and I can't wait to be in enemy territory on Saturday. And uh, when the UConn comes out of the tunnel, I'll be there cheering the boys on. You got a supporter of me. I'll be giving them fist bumps. So even with all the UMass people booing, just the, I hope the UConn players know that I'm by their side because I'll be sitting near the bench. So I just wanted to say that to them. And yeah, do you have any final words, I guess? Uh, no, but I, just, I mean, 
follow the reindeer accounts if you if you appreciate it uh, or if you have any semblance of interest in hockey or ums sports in general um i uh definitely uh like to talk about it a lot and i tweet a lot about uh that stuff so uh it's definitely worth the follow i think i hope um mm-hmm. but yeah i appreciate you having me on and uh go ums Awesome. Well, appreciate you having on you have coming on as well. And I I gave the count a follow and it's definitely worth it, even if you're not a UMass fan. So um give um Quinn a follow on Instagram and Twitter as well. Thank you so much for listening to today's interview of College Hockey Talk. If you want to check out our older interviews, make sure to do that. You can do that on the Apple Podcast page, Spotify account, or our YouTube channel where you can watch many different interviews from this podcast. Uh, Make sure you follow our social media accounts at College Hockey Talk, and I'll see you guys next time with another great interview. But until then, take care and have a great day. Bye. Smile that makes the sun rise You make it shine But I can see that you don't realize And that's what made me fall in love Cause you got The way your body makes my heart beat sound It's amazing all the time You are the only thing I need in life Oh, I want you Welcome.